Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. I am Mr. Wonderful. Happy to be with you talking all things entertainment and getting into a review this week. We're going to talk about the film Barbarian. Perfect to talk about this film as we are in spooky season, which just want to get it out of the way, I am continuing my 31-day Halloween spooky movie horror challenge, and it's been going pretty good. Honestly, I got to watch, well, want to say thank you to everybody that's a part of the Throw Me Podcast Network, first of all, and took part in our big Spooktacular 4 this past weekend. It was a lot of fun, uh, good times for sure, but I uh, want to thank all of you that did the watch along because uh, since last week... Got to watch a little bit of Drag Me... Well, they didn't get to watch a little bit of it. Got to watch Drag Me to Hell, but we did Scream 2, which counted as my one of my favorite sequel watch-alongs because, to be honest, Scream 2 is one of my favorite sequels. It's I was kind of feeling one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets because I love Nightmare 3. I love New Nightmare, but I also love Scream 2. I love Scream 4 as well. There are a lot of good horror movie sequels. I even was jonesing around with the idea of watching like Freddy vs. Jason getting two for one in the horror movie sequel world. But alas, went with Scream 2. But yeah, watch Drag Me to Hell. Uh, watch Casper as well. Got to watch Dead Silence yesterday. Uh, also got to watch Mr. Harrington's phone on Netflix, which we're not going to review that. My review for that is it's there. It's a thing. It exists. Wasn't really that scary. You kept hoping it was going to get scary, but it is a Hell of an acting tour de force film, that's for sure, with uh, Donald Sutherland and the kid from It, the main kid from It. So, you know, watch that. Got to watch. I watched Saw 3 as well. Uh, a Game Gone Wrong Day, I decided to go with Saw 3 because, well, I have saw Saw recently and I don't didn't really want to watch Saw 2, so jumped into Saw 3, but... Uh, I'm excited because we're starting to get a little bit deeper into Halloween and the horror challenge is starting to get to some of the stuff that I've kind of been holding off on. Like today calls for a horror comedy. So this is perfect for something like Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, Shaun of the Dead. There's so many of these that I absolutely love. Uh, Multiple Monsters is going to be tomorrow's watch. So I'm thinking, hey, you could even crank out two birds, one stone horror comedy. Multiple monsters, you got Abbott and Costello. Meet Frankenstein, because you got the Wolfman in that film, as well as Dracula. It's Michael Myers is on the 14th. Mostly Ghost is the 15th. Mostly Ghost, maybe that's where I watch 13 Ghosts. You get Italian horror on the 16th. Like, we're getting into the fun, nitty-gritty stuff. Favorite director, oh, Wes Craven, here I come. Witchy women, oh, Wes Craven, here I come. <laughs> you know, classic vampire, oh, Wes Craven, here I come. Modern vampire, oh, Wes Craven, here I come. Uh, I, I joke, but, you know, lots of, it's just getting into the fun stuff as we're, as a lot of the things I haven't watched yet that traditionally I would watch, this is what I've been holding out for is when we start getting into the final 19 days and counting 
until Halloween 2022. All right, so as far as news goes this week, really the biggest piece of news that broke since uh, Review It Rob dropped his show yesterday is... Disney has announced that they're going to be pushing back the release dates of several of their Marvel movies. Now, this is mainly due to the upcoming Blade film with Mahershala Ali losing its director. It's going through rewrites. They're trying to find a new director. So that's now screwed up the timeline for these films to come out. So Marvel has announced that they are going to be moving Blade from November of next year 2023 to september of 2024 which means that they now have to push deadpool 3 from september of 2024 to november of 2024 so only two months but still that push now causes fantastic four to be moved from november of 2024 to february of 2025 and they announced that avengers secret wars is moving from november of 2025 to may of 2026 now the Kang Dynasty, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, that is still scheduled for May of 2025, but that means that we're now looking at what we used to look at and what we looked at with the last two Avengers films, which is instead of having that short gap, the six-month gap that was originally planned, we're looking at a year between two Avengers films, which kind of sucks because after they made that big announcement at D23 that those two were going to be back-to-back that we were going to get Secret Wars, or we were going to get uh, the Kang Dynasty and then Secret Wars. It was pretty exciting to know that the next two MCU films were going to be two Avengers films, but here we are, some issues, and, and it kind of raises the question of, is it wise for these studios to announce these release dates so far in advance? I mean, it was great that we learned Deadpool 3 was coming, and that Wolverine was returning, Hugh Jackman was going to be coming back to play the character opposite Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. But did we need to know that it was September of 2024? Because here we are, we're not even a month after that announcement going, well, all right, we said September of 2024, but it's actually going to be two months later, November of 2024. And who's to say that that date doesn't change again? Because that's banking on them, finishing the script, getting it into production, filming on time, getting post-production work done, getting the film out. But like, are these studios shooting themselves in the foot by giving us these release dates when they don't have it in the bank or anything to go on? You know, we we got Mahershala Ali showing up at Comic-Con to announce that Blade was coming. And since then, it's it's, it's been nothing. It's It's just been, oh, the film has been pushed back and it lost its director because there have been some conflicts and stuff like that. And I know I've seen some reports, granted it's on the internet, so you don't know how much of it is true and how much isn't. And I never found an actual link to a story on it, but there are those reports that Kevin Feige was very unhappy with the script and this that all started to leak out after the director left the film that it was like, well, the story is just crap and it's only... It's a short story. It's a short script. There's not a lot of action and set pieces to it. And it's a very underwhelming product that they were producing. And Feige wanted a whole rewrite on it. So you know, that could be the case because there's a, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to what happened to cause the director to leave. 
it, it appears that it does have to do with the story more than anything. But it it happens a lot with Marvel, you know, with directors where they think they're getting into something and then sometimes it's Edgar Wright and, it, you know, the story was something that they've been working on, but then the notes they start getting and things start happening that are studio-wise with these films that eventually causes creative differences and people to step away from products that, and, and stuff that they've been working on for a long time, so... It's probably, it definitely is something creative wise with this film, but still the overall, should these studios be making these announcements and saying, giving us a timetable of when they're coming, I I think they should stop. I think that this is, especially since the pandemic, I, I was okay with it prior to the pandemic, but ever since the pandemic where it became, oh, the film's coming out this day and we constantly got these releases, I... I stopped caring about when the release date was and just more about the fact that you were making something that I'm interested in. You're creating and crafting a story that has my attention when you're ready or close enough to wanting to drop this on the world, drop it on us because I, you know, like, am I crazy? I feel like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, but I feel like there was a point in time where we never knew when the film was coming, just you know, oh, George Lucas is working on prequels to Star Wars. Cool, they're on the way. Probably sometime in the next two to three years. We don't have an exact date, but we know he's working on a, a sequel to The Phantom Menace, and and that's going to be coming. And and you see the leaks and this and that. But now it now it feels like if that was to happen today, if that if that George Lucas one, two, and three were to happen today. It would be George Lucas has been signed. Like we would have a whole slew of Lucas is signed on. He's going to make a prequel and you can expect the Phantom Menace to come out in November of 1999. But then something could happen and all of a sudden it's like, well, all right, it's not coming out in November. It's going to come out in December. And it's like, yeah, but you got me hyped for that date. And then the dates keep changing. Like we didn't know when the actual date was until the film was well into production and it was like, all right, this is it. We're locked in now. Like, and for all we know, they could have had that date locked in and Lucas was always working on those dates. Like, I'm just using this. This is an example, by the way, I'm not it, it, just in the fact of, I feel like putting the date out there so far in advance sets us up for moments like this because, and the more that the dates change, the more I stop caring. That's my point with the COVID thing as well is, during COVID when they kept changing the dates and it was like, oh, okay, well, it's going to come out in April. Well, all right. No, it's actually now going to come out. Like by the time Ghostbusters Afterlife came out, I was a little peeved at all the changes and all the date moves. Cause it was like, well, every time you got me excited for it and I was like, all right, well, that's, it's going to be in June. It's going to be, okay, well now it's going to be here. Okay. Well now it's going to be here. Okay, just drop, when the movie's ready to come out, just tell me when the movie's ready to come out because I don't give a crap now. Now when you give me a date, I don't care. So, I I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we, I mean, I do know. I feel like we need to stop putting dates on these movies because also, I mean, the Fantastic Four thing, you could just say it's coming. We know it's coming. We we know eventually it's going to come. Putting the date on it, now you've just set yourself up for nothing but failure and disappointment and the constant changing is just going to keep turning people off to 
what you're what you're what you're doing, what you're bringing to us. All right, so I don't know if you know who Tyler the Creator is, but he's a musician, and recently he had his mind blown. And this story is really funny because Tyler the Creator went on Twitter, talked about how he just finished watching Rush Hour Two. Good film. Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, pretty okay sequel to a smash hit with Rush Hour. Fun film, good times, but after watching it, he said that his TV suggested him watch Rush Hour 3 next to where he said he never knew a third one even existed. He asked, when the did this happen Where was I? I do not remember this existing. This is fake. I've been lied to. I'm not going to watch it either. He added that he believes that this is part of the Mandela effect. So he doesn't believe this to be real. And the Mandela effect is when a large group of people remember an event or detail that never happened or doesn't exist. And I know Rush Hour 3 did indeed happen because I actually saw it twice in theaters. It was my birthday movie the year it came out. Uh, 2007, and then uh, a, a girl in college that I was very much into, she wanted to go see it, and I played dumb and was like, oh, well, I wanted to see that film as well. Let's go. And we went to go see that together, so that's how I saw it twice, because I just played stupid, because, you know, come on, I was in college talking to a young lady that I was very interested in at the time. So... I very much know that this film existed, but it's just, it's just funny that this film's been out for well over a decade, and there have been stories before, I believe I've talked about it on this show, with Rush Hour 4 being discussed, and Chris Tucker very much interested in doing a Rush Hour 4, and I believe that Jackie Chan has even said that he would be willing to return to that. Although I have heard, it's weird, the Jackie Chan situation with that, because I have, you know, Jackie Chan, I've seen the interviews where he's talked about how he doesn't get the Rush Hour success, and Rush Hour kind of frustrated him as an actor, because in America, like, the film does not do good in China, because... It's an American comedy, so it's the buddy-buddy cop comedy, two partners that are drastically different that get along, and we love watching their banter and their interaction and the adventures they get into, but over in his homeland, they do piss poor because the comedy misses and people want a Jackie Chan cop film, but they're accustomed to his martial arts films that he releases in China so yeah it's 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 the the Jackie Chan situation with Rush Hour is kind of interesting when you start looking at his interviews because it seems like he has like he's mad about them because of how it changed his trajectory as as a Hollywood actor and as an actor where he had to start doing one for the China box office one for the American box office so oh I do a Rush Hour then I go home and I do a film in China that makes so much money back home, but then I go and I do Shang-Chi, you know, and and I work opposite Owen Wilson doing this comedy that makes tons of money in America, but fails overseas. So he, he seems to have like a weird content contempt towards the franchise. But then I've also seen that he's be willing to come back and do another film. So it's, I don't know. Uh, All right, let's get into 
the movie review this week. So I went to go see Barbarian with the fiance. We checked out a matinee showing of it. Now, this is a horror mystery thriller, and this is a very interesting film, to say the least. So it follows uh, a young woman, Tess. She travels to Detroit for a job interview, books a rental home, an Airbnb. She arrives super late at night and discovers that the house is double booked, and a strange man, played by Bill Skarsgård, Keith, is hanging out in this house. He's already there. Uh, George Georgina Campbell, by the way, plays Tess in this film. Despite her better judgment, she decides to still spend the evening at this Airbnb when Keith is like, listen, I know we're double booked, but it's the middle of the night. You might as well stay here. We'll figure this all out in the morning. Uh, but she soon discovers that there's a lot more to fear than just the unexpected house guest that she stumbles across. Uh, Justin Long is also in this film. Uh, Richard Brake is in this movie as well. And it is a really modern, gory, Twilight Zone style film. It's a very simple pre- premise. You know, the what do you do the, the the young woman arriving at a house late night, double book, guys there, what like this very simple premise that just spins into a series of unexpected twists, turns. Uh, there are some tropes to this film, but none of them that feel out of place or none of them that feel like they're poorly executed. But yeah, if you want to talk about a movie in 2022 that had me that 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 takes you on a ride and it takes you on a journey that you are just unexpectedly taken on. And the, and here's the other thing. I would say the less you know about this movie the better. So, do not seek out any type of information about this film. Don't don't try to be prepared going into this movie. Just go into this film. All I knew is what I told you. It is that woman shows up at an Airbnb. It's double booked, and things might be worse than just the fact that there's just this guy already here. And let me tell you, it was consistently unpredictable. It was a thrill ride. It was graphic. It was gory. It was gross. It was really funny at times, really, really humorous at times. Justin Long really brings in a level of humor to this film. Like, this is a guy, Justin Long, by the way, has been building up quite a horror film resume, but he might play a character that is worse than his character in Tusk. And if you've ever seen that horror film that he did with Kevin Smith, uh, then you understand what character he played in that and how how horrible he was. But yeah, he is building up quite, quite, quite a resume in the horror community. Uh, I mean, Barbarian... You can't forget that he, you know, one of his early films was 
Jeepers Creepers. I mentioned Tusk. He was even in Yoga Hosers as well, which is a bit of a horror film in and of itself, but was supposed to be another horror movie. A Drag Me to Hell. The guy's been building up a horror resume over his career that has just sleepily been so good, and Barbarian might be one of the tops as far as his horror tenure goes. I love this movie. This movie really was the perfect Halloween season watch. It was a lot of fun. And again, I I cannot stress, go into this film not knowing much. Do not seek out trailers. Do not seek out any type of spoiler review. It's a full runtime film, so this is not one of these like we're we're like hour twenty. Like you get a full complete movie with this. You get an hour forty of just solid acting, unexpected twist, unexpected turns, and and so much tension, so much tension in this film. There is. There were moments in the theater watching this where I was just like, oh my God, where is this going? And there's frustrating moments in this film as well of just this character or this character or what the hell. Um, But yeah, this is a must-see movie of 2022. Will it crack my top 10 of the year? Uh, there could be a spot for it. I don't know. I've been pretty I've been pretty picky on my films this year on what on what could end up in there. Uh, you know, there are a couple that I know are automatics like X and the unbearable weight of massive talent. But this is one of those films that that could have, if not end up in the top 10, will end up in an honorable mention because it is one of the best movies I saw this year and and just another triumph for the horror genre in 2022. The, the horror game has been very, very strong. If you look beyond some of the mass-produced ones, the the bigger budget ones, so to say, the horror genre in 2022 has just really been knocking it out of the park. I mean, Scream really set the bar high for the year. I know some people didn't like it, but I feel it set the, the bar high, and then you get fresh, uh, you know, X... Uh, I, I never got to see Pearl yet, but what I heard about Pearl, that was another absolute instant classic that dropped this year. So uh, Barbarian absolutely could be a film that ends up in my yearly horror movie Halloween watch, but will be a film that when it hits HBO Max just in time for Halloween at the end of the month, it's going to be there in about two weeks. Uh, I believe the 22nd or 25th around there. Uh, about about a week before Halloween, that film will hit HBO Max. And yeah, I do recommend if you cannot get to theaters to see it, watch it on streaming the minute it gets there. Make this a part of your your horror movie watch. Just a really smart film uh, that that racks up the tension uh, and and has beautiful releases when the tension builds up. Just just and some releases that you will not see coming. Some that you will because they do follow certain tropes but are are done so well that it doesn't feel like rehashed, cycled things that you've seen a hundred times, a thousand times. 
you know, you've seen it in every, if you've seen a horror movie, you've seen something like it. It doesn't feel like that in this film. Uh, it is truly a one hell of a ride. That is what Barbarian is for sure. So I, I, I give this four out of five meatballs, however you want to rate this. This is definitely four out of five for me. Uh, you know, just wow. Uh, good movie, good movie for sure. There, you know, the, the flaws in it are are kind of some of the tropes where it could have been original, but it isn't. But again, these aren't things that kill the movie like some other films do. So, uh, yeah, see Barbarian, good film, and that'll do it for this week's episode of the Mister Wonderful Show. Thank you guys again. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, throw me Podcast Network. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Go ahead, give us a like. And check out Haunter's podcast from earlier this week. Uh, that is also you can follow uh, Haunter's podcast on Instagram as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, but yeah, uh, big episode of Haunter's podcast as that was the culmination of the spectacular for this weekend live at Red Vane Haunt. Uh, and my fiance is a part of that show as well, uh, and she will be a part of next week's Haunter's podcast episode where we give the official ranking of Halloween Horror Nights 2022 all the houses. So we we do math and we figure out where all 10 houses rank in 2022 for HHN 31. So thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for subscribing. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon as well. There will be a Crypt of Horror coming uh, and an A to Z movie review will be coming as well, I believe, I will be hitting Dead Silence since I gave that one a watch. But don't quote me on it. It definitely will be a spooky movie. So it could be anything that I've watched so far this season. Maybe something I haven't even watched yet that you don't know I've watched yet. Hmm, Who knows? But subscribe to the Patreon to find out. Until next week, peace and love.